Welcome to part two of this out of line discussion with Andy Barron. Let's let's start at the beginning. Um, how did you get started in social media? And mm. I'm curious to hear if you have any thoughts on what that journey has been like, because I think if you've been doing this work for like 10 or 11 years, mm-hmm. that's like longer than social media is even being around. So I want to yeah. hear all about it. Um, I definitely had a MySpace page. Would very much curate my top eight. My, I remember when they went to like a top 16, it was like, whoa. No, too many. Too many. Um, Always would pick the song that would play, you know, all that. Um, I remember getting Facebook when I was in college because you had to have the .edu. Um, And I would just post the dumbest stuff, which I'm now constantly reminded of because of like time hop. I love time hop. Where it shows you like the old stuff. Um, but yeah, like it, I never really thought of it as anything other than like talking to my friends. Like it was never like a means of like selling anything or doing anything until um, when I was working with Switchfoot um, and social media just became more of like a thing. Cause that was. I was touring with them mostly. It was like 2006 to 2011. So that was kind of like right when it was a thing. Twitter was starting. And I remember um, sitting in a coffee shop over here in Silver Lake um, working on trying to get. I had this like laundry. I was doing like social media chores for them trying to get like John the singer. He was. For a while on Twitter, he was at Jonathan Foreman and someone had taken John Foreman and they were just sitting on it, but not even using it. So like trying to get a hold of that and then trying to get Switchfoot verified and trying to get like just doing all this kind of stuff without like John had a side project that no one remembered the password to. <laughs> so then I think once I was doing all that for them trying to do this, I was like, oh, this is like a real thing that is like you have to work at it and it's beneficial in that sense. And we ended up getting everyone verified. That's how I got verified on Twitter was because there was like a, it used to be like a while ago, you used to like fill out this form and like submit, you know, to be verified on Twitter. And my roommate at the time was working at a record label and he would, he had a contact at Twitter to like help bands get verified. So he connected me to that guy. And so he's like, oh, just fill out this form and put this code at the bottom. It like puts you up to the top of the line. So I was like, all right, great. So I just like put all this information in and then the guy wrote back like, okay, yeah, cool. This should be good. And within like 30 minutes, it was done. It was like that fast. Wow. And so, um, so then I replied with like, hey, okay, so we got the band thing verified. Can we get like all these other, uh, the band members and stuff like in like the fan club we had. And so I just threw my name at the end too, just to like, yeah, they will never, they will literally never verify me because there's no reason to. I think at the time I had like, 6,000 followers on Twitter or something. And then like one day my buddy just, that, that one, it didn't happen as instantly, but like a few days later he texted me when I was sitting at this coffee shop here and he's like, why are you verified on Twitter? And I'm like, no, I'm not. And then I was like, oh shoot, I am. <laughs> um, so I think it was, it was when that happened, I was like, oh, this is like a thing that could be useful. Yeah. Um, and so like, 
I got an Instagram because I was like, oh, I take pictures. That's where you put pictures. Mm-hmm. And so used a lot of like sweet filters for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the, I, I think I've just kind of would always grab my username on every new one just to see just in case. Um, the like platform my, took off. <laughs> see if it took off. Yeah. Like I was listening to one of your episodes today where you said you would all, you'll always get like LO notifications <laughs> and I still do too. And I'm like, why do I have this? Like, why am I still getting these notifications? That was such a, I will never get over. I will never get Peach. over how that was what like. happened to Peach? Oh my gosh. Everybody just like goes crazy. And then yes. like when it fizzles, it's the weirdest it's thing. It's like, oh, that's, that was awkward. Yeah. Um, but I remember Vine. I loved Vine. I know. It was I still funny. miss it. My, my wife will go on like Vine rabbit trails well we'll just sit for an hour and just die laughing looking at old vines that she's saved or that like we'll like find them on twitter i even i went and did the thing where i downloaded all my vines and i made a compilation of like um these friends of mine that i'm staying at their place tonight i would always put them on there because the girl caitlin is just like hilarious and she makes me laugh and so i like put all of this like friend group together all the vines that I did of them and we were all getting like emotional watching it. Cause it was just like this chronicle of like our friendship in mm. this like weird little time capsule of vine. That uh, was funny. But then w- I would post those on vine and then it, watching family feud with Steve Harvey would always make me laugh. And I would post those on vine. And one time I posted one of those and it like went viral, like vine viral. And it has, it had like hundreds of thousands of whatever on vine and it was just this like thing on Family Feud I thought was funny. <laughs> and like, yeah, all the time it would get like, it would go around and I was like, that's what I get for watching Family Feud. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So when you are working with different bands, yes. are you responsible for their social media? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like most bands I work with, like I have, will get like information just like to log in and do it. Um, so if I DM Chris Stapleton right now, it's you. <laughs> I mean, technically, I've never opened the DMs. Oh, um, I was going to ask if he gets just like pictures of boobs. Oh, I honestly have no idea. I'm not just saying that. Like, I, I've never opened one. So with so. all the different all the different outlets and channels mm-hmm. of social media, what um, what do you notice about the people that are on each platform and how mm-hmm. do the audiences differ? I mean, Instagram, I feel like is definitely, um, at least for, for me and I think for Chris, technically like Instagram's the biggest audience. Um, I think at least for me as like a photographer, I mean, it makes sense. It's like image driven or image based. Um, Twitter, I think now, like, especially like in the times we're living in, it feels so much more like newsy. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've. I find myself wanting to tweet less because I want to make like less noise so that important things can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'm also like this new season of the bachelor is crazy and I want to tweet about it. So it's like, I get that also. Um, but, and then like Facebook, I always now these days I think of as like where our parents all hang out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, but it, I mean, it's definitely interesting seeing kind of the, dichotomy of like what age will or what like generation even will like gravitate toward one towards one because like yeah like with facebook like my parents and grand and 
and like grandparents and extended family are all on Facebook. But I think like my mom and dad follow me on Instagram, but I don't, I can't think of other like extended family that follow me there. Um, so yeah, it's funny how people just kind of gravitate towards one kind of based on what, I guess it's what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Like, like, cause because I'm a photographer, like I'd like following other photographers just to be inspired. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I don't know them or don't know anything about their work, like I'll look on and see, be like, Oh, that image is really interesting to me. And I'll look and it's like some random kid with like 2000 followers, but I th- thought he was great. So like, I'll follow him like stuff like that. Mm. Um, I mean, so I definitely use it as like a inspiration. Well, um, yeah, it's been interesting because uh, I've been on Instagram for years now, and mm-hmm. it's been interesting to see some of the people kind of get stagnant where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, you didn't really do anything cool for the past like two years. And yeah. then sometimes on the other hand, there will be someone who, like you said, I discover when they have like barely any followers and then all of a sudden they just like blow up and all their work, like they get like a Gucci campaign and you're just like, I'm sorry, what? But it's awesome. Like I'm super proud of them, but I'm also totally amazed. It's crazy. It's crazy how that can happen. I think one one thing, um, my friend Daniela was over at our house the other night. We were doing the Enneagram. Um, and she always talks about like, uh, like musicians and stuff. She's like, I hate when people feel like there's like competition. Mm -hmm. It's with musicians. I'm sure it's the same with like photographers and whatnot of like, there's enough room for everyone to do stuff like especially with photography and social media and just how much more accessible being a good photographer can be because there used to be so many more barriers of entry to being a good photographer like you had to really commit and like sink a lot more money into Mm. gear and time and all sorts of stuff whereas now you could probably shoot a campaign for something on your phone oh yeah and it be fine. Mm-hmm. Like people do that all the time. So it's like everyone has the thing in their pocket that they could do this with. So everyone thinks they can do it. So I think knowing that the cream will obviously rise to the top and people will succeed who put the time and energy in to do it. Um, but because that's the case, I think there's just so many more channels and so much more room for people to do that, that, I think um, any sort of competition is like, I don't know. It's, it doesn't seem like really necessary. Like everyone, if I see someone that's awesome, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to not promote them or Mm -hmm. not like that. I like promote other photographers or anything, but just like, I want to support my friends who are photographers and not try and like, like I I have a buddy of mine, Ray, who like is an amazing photographer and people will, sometimes hit me up about shooting stuff. And I think maybe even in the past, I would like not want to recommend people because I want to like keep that relationship or whatever. Mm -hmm. But now I just, I'm like, you know what? Like if, if everyone wins, then we all win, you know, like absolutely. if we all rise together, then we're all still going up, you know? So it's like, I want to recommend stuff to friends and like, I get so much joy in like helping connect people that's one of my my dad is really good at that and i think i've got that from him of like oh you need to meet this guy like you guys would work really well together um so i think that answered that question yeah no i and i Um, totally get it like and that's one of the things that i've always 
that I've always said that I love about LA specifically, but certain cities I've experienced have that vibe of like, there's plenty to go around. We can all be generous with referrals, with work Mm -hmm. connections, because there's plenty to go around. And then I've been in other cities that don't have that. Like when I lived in Australia, you would think that, I mean, like I love Australia. I love Australians. I love the culture. They're so chill. They're warm. They're relaxed. It's amazing. But when it comes to creativity, it's very like, get off my lawn. Like, it's very like, I'm working really hard for this. Get your own. And that was a shock to me. And like my brother-in-law is um, a really well-known painter in Australia. And he, um, like, he has his PhD and he teaches at a bunch of different universities. And he also has like huge exhibitions that he will will create. And then um, he'll have in like Toronto and London and, um, you know, all over the world, he will create art and it always sells out. And, and even then Australians aren't, aren't like, that's so awesome. Let's all celebrate that and do that together. It's kind of like, it's like, it's really weird. And it was really, really hard to work there as a creative person. Like I lived there for over two years and I still go back and work there every single year. And I have never once had an Australian creative, like, share referrals with me like never once have they been like hey i can't take this job do you want it it's always like it's really weird so i'm really grateful for people and creatives especially living in a city like la where everyone is like hey i can't take this do you want it hey i know someone who you should talk to because they can do that thing that you're looking for totally and i just love that because there is enough to go around yeah but i think at, at a certain point that's hard to wrap your brain around. I mean, mm-hmm. cause I remember kind of when like digital SLRs were just starting to be super accessible. Mm-hmm. I remember friends from college would hit me up. They're like, Oh, you're a photographer. I just got a digital SLR for Christmas. Like how can I like take pictures like you or whatever? And I, I got so bummed out for the longest time because I was like, gosh, everyone and their mom is going to think they're going to be like a great photographer. And I just like, I, I just got burned out like pretty mm. quick mm-hmm. and I was just like, man, I should I try and do something else if everyone and their mom is going to be a photographer now. But I think at a certain point I just um, realized, I mean, going back to kind of like the purpose aspect of it, I'm like, no, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. I think I'm good at it mm-hmm. from what I've heard. Other people are, they like the photos I take. So um, yeah. So I just kind of like stuck to it and, like, I mean, again, like cream rises to the top. So I think if you're good and you feel like that's what you're supposed to do, then you'll do it. Yeah. I remember those those years, too, when mm-hmm. everyone was like, I'm starting a photography business. Totally. And I was like, oh, man. And it would totally hurt my heart a little bit. And I would be like, ew, this is so weird. Now yeah. there's going to be a million people and no one like no one's going to think anyone's cool because we're all doing it um, or we're all doing the same thing. Right. Uh, and then I just watched like one by one, they wouldn't, it wouldn't actually, like, it's a lot of work to have totally. a photography business and to ha- like have all the data backup gear and to mm. have the insurance and to, you know, deal with different personalities and be able to keep your brain on mm-hmm. and all these different things that I think it looks like a glamorous job. Just like so many people want to be rock stars or so many people want to be famous or so many want people want to be YouTubers or whatever it is mm. that is so glamorous as like that's the job that I want and then when you get it and you realize it's just like any other job it has the boring moments it has 
the hard work. It has like all the investment that you have to spend on gear. It has the learning curves that suck. Yeah. And so many people are like, actually, never mind. Totally. And so since then, I've just been like, it's cool. Like yeah. there's plenty to go around. And mm-hmm. if someone really wants to put in the work to get there, then they deserve it. Totally. But I feel you. Because when, <laughs> yeah. when everyone's like, I want that, I'm yeah. like, oh. And also, I want to feel original. So when everyone wants to do the thing that I want to do, I'm like, like even right now when every, like freaking everyone has a podcast and I'm just like, well, that's funny too because I, I even toyed with the idea of having a podcast. I'm like, I have enough friends who are interesting. I should have a podcast. Uh huh. And then it was the, it's that same thing. They're like, well, I don't want to buy gear and like have to deal with all that stuff. So it's like I'm I'm the friend now <laughs> who thought about doing it and then didn't do it. Oh, I'm, I'm really the friend funny. whose EOS Rebel is sitting in the corner collecting dust now. Except it was. A microphone, I guess. Yes, I totally know <laughs> what you're saying. And it, it's so funny. It's so funny. Um, but like that happens. I think that's just a part of being human is that mm-hmm. there are going to be like waves of things that are cool. And yeah, that's fine. So I don't know, since you already listened to other episodes, mm-hmm. you know that I'm working with Cat Footwear for my for my first year yes. of podcasting, which I'm super stoked about. And um, one of the things that they're really they're really focused on as a company, um, is, is about kind of like putting out there what, what you want in terms of creativity and like being really taking risks to like make it happen. So I want to know who is, who is an artist that you would really, really love to work with or for, and what would it be like to like, what is it about working for them that you are like, that would that would make my life better. That would make my career better. Like I would want to take photos of them. Hmm. And if you don't say Cardi B, I'm gonna be so <laughs> mad. Oh man, that would definitely be interesting. I, I mean, am I'm, obsessed <laughs> with Cardi B. <laughs> I really want her to be on this podcast. I mean, you just put it out there in the world, so <laughs> that's your hope and dream right there. Cardi B will be sitting right here. Cardi. Oh, my gosh. I just love her. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Keep going. Um, well, Cardi B, obviously. <laughs> um, man, I'm trying to think. It's funny because I've... There have been people that I have, like, set out to, like, oh, it'd be fun to take pictures for that or, like, at a U2 show. That was always, like, one of my bucket list things. Like, oh, that'd be fun. And then I did. Mm. And I was like, that was really fun. Like, they're just a great live band. Like, it's they know what they're doing. Um, I mean, so doing that anymore would be super fun. Um, I actually shot photos at the uh, Kanye West fashion show. Wow. At MSG when they had all the, like, models down on the floor made it look like a refugee camp sort of thing. That was very, that was an interesting day. Um, I was actually under that tarp with all the models, like taking photos, uh, which was very interesting. Uh-huh. Um, but that was like definitely a weird kind of bucket list happened very last minute. I got an email from my buddy who was helping produce it. I got an email from him at like two 30 in the morning when he was probably just going to bed. And I wake up at like 7am to like make coffee with my wife before she goes to work. And it's an email saying, 
can you be at MSG at 10.30 and bring your gear? And I was like, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but, I mean, Kanye West, I just, I love Kanye. Like, some people do not like him at all. I'm a fan. I will forever be a fan. The Yeezus tour was the greatest thing I've ever seen. I saw it three times. <laughs> it's it's rare that I go to a show these days and want to shoot it. Not not that like shows don't look great because most shows these days are like amazing looking, but like for whatever reason, the stuff that guy does makes me want to create things. Like I went to that show, um, and my wife and I went to this last tour with like the floating stage thing before that they stopped doing it. We went to one of the ones at Madison square garden and that like blew my mind. And I go to concerts all the time. And that show, like I was trying, I was looking up dates to see if I could just go buy a ticket. Cause I'm like, I want to be on the floor there and take pictures of these kids, like losing their minds on the floor. Um, so I mean, shooting photos for some of his shows would be super fun. I think. He is his own brand, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. Um, what is your self self care routine like, either on the road or off the road? Ooh, um, I love going to record stores, and that's literally every day we're on tour. I'll look up a coffee shop in a record store. Gosh, I know that sounds so cliche saying it out loud, but it's true. Like, um, a girl who I was on the road with us. She would always joke. It was like my subway tile search. Like I would look on Instagram trying to find the good, the one good coffee shop in town that would have like the subway tile. Cause I was just like, go, it's like my routine. Go and find like some good coffee, go look for records. Um, and I just love like the routine of that makes me very happy. Um, I'm a total pack rat. So like collecting, like we'll look for stuff on like Craigslist and, buy random things or the other day my like second cousin like heard I was going to be in town and she wanted to give me her record collection so I got all these records and Whoa. like um we have a like on our bus we have a turntable normal <laughs> that's the only tour bus I've ever been on that has a turntable which that alone I know I'm on the right tour um <laughs> but like we sat and like listened to some of the records on there so like definitely just like being around music, like, I love it. Like, mm. it, I know I'm doing the right thing. Or I know that I'm doing the thing I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. Because I just, I love every aspect of it. Mm. Um, so I think, like, collecting music and collecting records is, like, one of my favorite things. Do you know how many um, records you have? A thousand, at least. Whoa! And I've gotten rid of boxes <laughs> lately. Um, that's one of the worst parts about moving yeah um we literally like moving from new york to nashville we actually now have like room to have them all be in one place and i used to have like when our last apartment in new york like two-thirds of them were just in storage and i was like oh, this is so sad but now we have a room that will be kind of like our books and records and like my desk and like i'll actually have a desk and like a workstation cool um so i'm excited for that. nashville man nashville wide open spaces uh, what about, like yeah, that's, thanks for catching my reference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm new to Nashville, but I know that one. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Um, and what do you have in common with, with every human, with every human, every single one? Oh man. 
um, a face. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, hopefully. <laughs> no, I mean, I think. Isn't there a movie called A Man Without a Face? Oh, well, shoot. Well, I guess I don't have a comment with that guy. Um, gosh, I mean, I think we're all just like looking for like love and affirmation from everyone around us. I mean, I think that's why social media is such like a hot button issue and like a thing that is creating new like disorders and diseases and obsessions and stuff. And it's just a different way to manifest that. Um, so it's, it's almost like a perfect way to see that we all want that kind mm-hmm. of like attention and, and love. I think it's just a matter of, uh, how we get it and how we find it and how we actually process that. So it's true. I like it. I like it. I'm going to buy it. You've been listening to out of line with Caroline Lee tweet me at team Woodnote or tag me in your posts on Instagram using out of line podcast. And let me know what you thought of today's discussion and who you'd like to hear as a guest on out of line next. This episode of out of line was produced by me, Caroline, all sound editing, engineering, and original music composition by Jaden Lee. And a big thank you to cat footwear for working with out of line this season. Hit subscribe to get the next episode on your mobile device when it drops next week. And if you love what you heard, please whip out a review, will ya?